Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Hello, my name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are back for episode 130. Oh boy, oh boy, and what a special one it is. We have Ray Santiago on this week. You may know him from Ash versus Evil Dead. He is Bruce Campbell's co-star in the show, playing Pablo. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen the first season of Ash versus Evil Dead needs to go out and watch it. Uh, I kind of figure a lot of our listening base is already Evil Dead, Army of Darkness fans. Yeah, we uh, have a lot, like, a lot of people who, who probably appreciate that. I think people who uh, like our sense of humor will tend to get that uh, and hopefully have seen them. But uh, if you haven't... Uh, even if you haven't seen the movies or anything, although you should actually start and watch it all as almost a franchise, uh, you should definitely check out the Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, TV show On as stars. soon as possible. And then, uh, Which and, uh, is a good thing oh, to yeah. remind people of now because the new season starts, I believe, in just a month and a half. Yeah, that's so. what I was going to mention. Uh, you have some time. It's easy to binge watch on. I actually just caught back up on them uh, in preparation for this interview. A little bit of very enjoyable homework that I got to do and watch uh, Evil Dead for about uh, five hours, which is great. It's not a ton of time because it's 10 episodes. First episode is an hour. The rest, I believe, I can't remember if the last episode was longer, but every hour, every episode is about 30 minutes and it is just awesome, really easy. They go by super fast and are extremely enjoyable. And you got to catch that before you catch season two, which is coming out soon. Um, and also, hopefully, uh, we, we don't we haven't interviewed Ray yet, but uh, we there might even be spoilers in here. Which if there are, we oh, might we, I definitely in my list of questions have. Are trying looking for what yeah. happens in season two. Yeah. Give us spoilers. Yeah. Full, full yeah. plot details. Spoilers for who like, dies. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll just give it all away. So you don't might not even have to watch any of them. But just kidding. Yeah, yeah stay tuned at the end of this episode for an interview with Ray Santiago. Um, before we get any deeper into the show, though, we have to do our normal ad roll. Uh, uh, our sponsor is the BAM box. It is the best subscription box on the market. Absolutely is, yeah. Um, this month they're actually offering uh, an interesting thing. They're doing two boxes. And both of these can be gotten through our website, thelostatonepodcast.com. And you'll see a BAM box link right in the middle of the page. If you click on that, you will be brought to their page. You can pick your product and you can use offer code LAH10 to get 10% off your first order. And what is your first order? Well, it could be either... The Con Box, which is a con exclusive band box. No two shipped out are alike. It costs $50 with 10% off. That's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And this one includes a celebrity autographed item, a one to one ratio collector's item replica, a limited edition signed and numbered art print, a custom metal license plate, a weapon, an additional collectible. And a con exclusive collectible pin. That's a ton of stuff, which is, you know, which is, it, it justifies the 50 bucks, let alone the fact that you're going to save some money and help us with some, uh, the show money. So they're promising the con box is worth over $100 and no two of the that's same. Like, that's so. like as it ships, let alone the collectible value they get out, they get out of some of this stuff. And because, um, I mean, we've mentioned this with the band box before is that it's a lot that's so unique, such unique stuff that you, uh, you know, you don't have to wait in line at, you know, cons four necessarily, and it's like just awesome, cool stuff. So we really, really love it. But there's another theme though that you could get for the standard band box. The other theme, the standard band box for this month, is a little bit serendipitous to our show and uh, a little upcoming exclusive of our own. Um, this month's theme is strange. Yeah. And it appears that the theme of strange is going to be following the hit Netflix show Stranger Things. As well as Doctor Strange, which will be coming out in November, the latest Marvel movie featuring featuring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as right, uh, yep. the uh, titular Doctor Strange. Very cool. One of those pretty, pretty uh, much an, 
Iron Man with magic. Yep, one of those superhero uh, movies that I am uh, really looking forward to for the casting and the this oddity of that type of character compared to the other s- standard superhero Avenger types. Absolutely, and uh, other characters hinted within it might be uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, uh, what was uh, Alice in Wonderland? Uh, it appeared to be skewed towards a bunch of different strange. Yeah, it's like the characters. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that box you can also get by following our link on the front of our page at thelostonepodcast.com and using our code LAH10 to get 10% off. And the bit of serendipity we have here, the, the link we have to the theme of Strange. And this is actually something we're, we're actually, I want to start out by saying we're actually announcing this a little bit earlier than we were expecting. But we absolutely This was so are, serendipitous. Only yeah. because it's scheduled and only yeah. because our uh, sponsor uh, is linked to it. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, as most of America is apparently... You better be, first of all. Um, we are going to have none other than Mark Steger on in, I believe, two weeks, even though we're going to record the interview next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the monster in Stranger Things. And a lot of other stuff, which we're not going to get into that now because we're going to save that for the interview. But if you uh, want to just check out his IMDb page, it's like a, it's just it's such a cool typecast to have. I'm really curious to ask him a lot of these questions. I've got... Uh, burning but we're also this is great because we're really leading in properly to Halloween month uh, just just right we're really kind of we're starting few, early yeah we're pretty much getting a few months of Halloween month which is our favorite time of the year we'll just re-air all these episodes for October <laughs> we'll and take, take a, month a whole off. month off yeah. <laughs> well, we, we do have also the writers room thing we've been working on some of you uh, that are bigger fans or listeners of the show I, I may have been listening to some of those as well so we got some of that uh, some a bunch of fun stuff cracking man we got good interviews coming up including Ray's this episode uh, and, and, and Mark's in a couple of weeks and then we've got some great stuff lined up for Halloween and that's just what we know is on the horizon so man Lost at Home podcast is great that's what the fans say and if you have anything to actually add to our writers room mini pods or to any of these conversations please hit us up on Twitter at the Lost at Home and on our Facebook page mm-hmm. and um, I mean heck you can even leave us comments on our website but we never read them do we you know, it might be kind of fun just to go back and see how many, like, hundreds or thousands of comments we've, like, accumulated in our spam folder. It'd be, be great if, like, all these people we wish we could have on the show were just, like, getting in touch with us through comment sections on our on our website. That's how famous people get a hold of <laughs> podcasts. Because yeah. like, yeah, everybody loved, looks for, you know, messages from uh, uh, Bruce Campbell on, uh, on comment sections of YouTube. Now, uh, for this week, because we have Ray Santiago on, um, I thought it was fitting not to really go down the same path of uh, obscure and weird news stories that we often cover. Uh, We decided to actually go a little bit more towards uh, a very centrist theme, the evil dead. Straight up evil dead. First of all, uh, we're not going to keep you waiting that long for Ray because we know you all want to hear his stuff. So generally, we're going to, you know, we're just going to chit chat about 10 for about 10 minutes on a uh, evil dead edition web droppings. Now, anyone out there who hasn't heard of the short film Within the Woods uh, should probably go see this as a bit of primer material, whether you're a Evil Dead fan already or are just getting into it, because it is one of Sam Raimi's first films, and it's a 30-minute short film that basically was made as a proof of concept that the film Evil Dead itself could be made. Uh, It's on YouTube. You can find it on various blogs. Um, The whole film itself, for 30 minutes... Back in, what was it, 1978 he made this, or 1979? Uh, It was made for $1,600 by the then 19-year-old Sam Raimi. God, that's awesome. Uh, He made it with Bruce Campbell, uh, who stars in Within the Woods, as well as Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and Ash vs. 
Evil Dead. Right. Uh, longtime collaborator. You can actually find uh, Bruce Campbell. This is a little bit of fan fun here. Uh, within the Spider-Man movies that uh, Sam yeah, Raimi that, made. That's correct. The original, uh, well, the original Spider-Man. The original good redone Spider-Mans, uh, originally the bazillion dollar grossing uh, Toby ones. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sam Raimi's $1,600 uh, down payment on this short film that was only 30 minutes long helped him secure the $350,000 that it cost to make The Evil Dead. Which is still considered, like, just shy of probably micro-budget for a movie, three hundred fifty grand. Granted, that was in uh, the 81, I think. When this is around 81, Evil, yeah. The first Evil Dead came out. But it was nice that within a few years, this uh, original Within the Woods um, was... Uh, in other words, it was well done enough to actually pretty much move move him along the path of what he has become today yeah it's considered the evil dead prequel um it, it technically doesn't Which is, really have anything to do with evil dead except for the stylistic no. uh feel. Oh, it's, it's definitely got the style so i can see it as a precursor for sure stylistically and atmospherically and how it would secure that but also uh i also fear i also feel like the evil the, the original sorry the original evil dead movie uh was kind of a prequel to uh i mean sorry I feel like Evil Dead 2 was essentially a remake of Evil Dead. If you a recall. lot of people feel that way, yeah. but uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell have both gone on the record I know. Um, yeah, absolutely. A- as absolutely saying that it is not, and the, yes. the early shots they figured out were cheaper to reshoot than to uh, grab from the film, edit in, etc. Yes. So, yes, it feels like a remake, but technically but it that's why is I like, a sequel. Almost like it. It is technically, because especially like story-wise, you know that it is, but it, there, there are just... I feel like the, the first one, because it was... And I feel like even within the woods, is more of the genuine horror creep factor. And Evil Dead 2, I think when you realize what somebody like Bruce Campbell brings to uh, like a, a picture in terms that you'll definitely get this out of, then Army of Darkness with ups it even further, and then uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, where you realize you have comedic gold in somebody like Bruce Campbell, and so you can really play up the comedic aspects. So they started becoming a little more skewed in the horror comedy versus a straight up. I remember seeing Evil Dead, the original, when I was pretty young, and I remember Me thinking too. it was pure horror because the demons and stuff really creeped the it was shit pure out of me. scary I mean, because the, like the, the the like freaking demons and witches like in the in the uh, the rape the camp, tree just like the rape tree well you know for a six-year-old you got a lot of questions mom what's a rape tree you know <laughs> <laughs> parents have a lot of questions no birds and the bees talks so there how do you go from birds and the bees to rape trees how do you go from the birds and the bees to the old raven trees and that's my Evil Dead song. <laughs> I like. You uh, don't. You don't. I, you just turn the TV off. Boom, boom. Within the Woods. Check it out. Yes. So um, the medieval setting of Army of Darkness, uh, the third movie in the franchise, was actually originally meant for Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up just becoming like a very brief moment at the end. And I'm actually kind of happy for that. I think we needed the, the horror comedy like slide into the medieval because when we get to army of darkness it really does get a little more slapstick it's that's that's what i was trying actually trying to think of bruce campbell is so when i say comedic gold i mean not only comedic gold but i mean just fucking beautiful classic slapstick gold just it's so good and he, he gets right back in there with ash versus evil dead with like right off the bat with the slapstick he's so good at it he's Did, such a good physical comedian but also just a great actor around and everything so did you see army of darkness in theaters 
Ooh, no, I did not. No, I saw it on VHS when it came out. I did, and I mm. I, I apparently am one of Hipster. the few who did because in theaters it did not do that well. No, it did not. No, it actually was. I, I it, knew, it became a cult classic I, like to, the other one. To be fair, I didn't like. I was poor. I didn't see anything in theaters because uh, only because we had. I came from a family of six, so for my parents to bring us to a theater meant us, which meant you know that was. Oddly enough, uh, theater tickets have not gotten that much. They're actually not that much difference. They were like still like six or seven bucks back when in the like eighties when I would go, probably like five bucks maybe. So my parents would have to shell out a shitload of money to like. It's not like you can just bring just me to you know, and then wouldn't like my you know two year old brother is not going to go see Army of Darkness, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I did not unfortunately because that was early nineties, right? Now, did you see the remake of Evil Dead? I did. I, yes, I did. Okay, the, Actually, mo- which, the modern, modern, modern remake. Yes, which I was uh, originally skeptical of, and then it got a stamp of approval from not only everybody uh, that I know that really liked it, but also, of course, uh, you know, production-wise, it was... Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Campbell. Ever, everyone was yeah. okay with it. And honestly, it yes. was really good. I, and it, we've had this discussion before. I don't... I'm okay with remakes and reboots. I can totally separate myself from the original if somebody's not trying too hard to pander to the original. If you're giving me something that's the same, like, I like the fact that they did have some of the same feel. The You can't do an Evil Dead movie without the zooming, you know, through yeah. the woods, high-speed thing. You need some that. Some things have to that's, be that, That's like what the Deadites, you know, the, the summoning of a demon, like, essentially is happening where yep. it, it's coming up on you. But I like the fact that that one was... Uh, very, it, it felt a little, I don't want to say pure horror because, but it just was, uh, it was less obviously slapstick. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, did you know that in the remake, the characters' names spell the word demon? No, I did not. Yep, the characters in the remake were David. Are you giving us some random trivia? On, I, I, on I, I am. I found some on the it's internet. So organic. I um, love it. David, Eric, Maya, Olivia, and Natalie are the characters' names in that the Evil so Dead remake. That is so cool. That's very cool. I like that. They spell the word demon. I like those little Easter eggs. It's nice. There is a quote-unquote deleted post-credits scene where Ash appears and says uh, groovy as he's about to pick up the lone survivor of the, uh, the Evil Dead movie. Um, I don't know why this is considered a uh, deleted post credit scene. I saw this in the theater when I went to see the movie. It okay. played about midway through the credits. Bruce Campbell drives up next to the girl and offers her a ride. Yeah, okay. And I was just like, I, I don't get why the internet... And I've looked around. The internet apparently is purporting that this was not released in theaters. I saw it in the theater in Vermont. Are you sure it's not a, you sure it's not a false memory? Because those are easily implanted. No, no, no. The internet, when I search on it, yeah, and yes, I, I know. I, but no, that I've maybe seen... you that maybe you searched the. Oh, oh no, no, you, no, no, you remembered it. I remember and then seeing you... it because okay, I was yeah. like, "Cool, Bruce Campbell did appear in yeah, it." Yeah, okay. So it's not that you you read something about it and then we're like, "No, I, I think have witnesses." I, remember I was that. with three yeah. other people, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, Bruce Campbell's at the end." Yeah, yeah. We all saw it. Yeah. So I don't know why they're saying it's a deleted post that it's credit scene, but if if we're to believe that that's not in maybe DVD or Blu-ray copies okay. or digital versions. The scene did happen, and I'm sure you can find it online if you just go looking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we could go down a rabbit hole of all kinds of other weird little trivia, but I think at this point, a lot of people are just like, can we can we just hear Ray talk about how awesome it was to make the Evil Dead TV series? Which we're hoping he talks about. We haven't actually talked to him yet. He could choose to talk about anything else. We provide our guests with carte blanche in terms of what they want to talk about. So, you know what? If he wants to talk about literal rabbit holes... 
uh, he could do that. Or uh, hopefully... most of my questions are about rabbits. Now that I'm looking back <laughs> yeah. at my notes, I know actually you know I was and, and and holes, but not together. <laughs> it's weird that we added. You know what? I'm sorry if we disappoint people, but hopefully organically. Ray decides to talk about uh, question number talk one. About what's, your, what's your what's your favorite rabbit and animal? What's, hole? what's <laughs> separately? Like it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> question number two. Just to get back to that first question, can you please explain that rabbit and or hole? <laughs> My God, man! I can't believe we did this. We're yeah, not giving the fans what they want. Without further ado, we are about to bring you uh, Ray Santiago. Uh, you may know him from actually course, 27 yeah. separate short and fully length films, 16 TV shows, the current shows Ash vs. Evil Dead and Shiny Baby Goats. And uh, my God, like he actually has a good, uh, well, good uh, background. Meet the Fockers was one that, that brought him out to, or after he did that, he went out to Hollywood to, to do the rest of what he's done. That would technically yeah. be his breakout, yeah. yeah. I would think as far as, I mean, he, he I think he'd has uh credits before then as well but like that was kind of like the big thing and then he came out and he's got uh, a, a a nice array of things that we could just continue to go about on or we could talk to him and ask him about the work well, just that he's ask done. him it seems more natural all right here we go all right welcome to the show ray santiago thanks for being here thanks for having me guys now let's start with a brief rundown of uh and this is in your own words uh who you are and how you got into acting so my name's uh I'm Ray Santiago. Uh I'm a New Eurekan actor from uh the South Bronx, born and raised there. And um so when I was twelve I auditioned for my first film, which was a movie called Goal Fight, and it ended up um, you know, doing really well at Sundance and winning lots of prizes and sort of put me on the indie film scene in New York City. So it's pretty cool for a 12 year old and uh oh, at the time i was um yeah at the time i was a uh a freshman attending um attending uh the uh, high school for performing arts in lincoln center laguardia which um i have to say you know growing up in new york city and being a you know a, a new yorker and a kid who went to public schools i couldn't i couldn't ask for a better experience you know i have I've, i i owe new york city a lot and uh that school actually really influenced and changed my life. I mean, I basically got a uh, college education in acting for, for free. So uh, shortly after that, after I graduated, I um, moved out to LA after uh, getting a role in a movie called Meet the Fockers. And um, that just changed my life. And I ended up staying in LA and jumping from show to show. And um, yeah, it was about a decade that went by after Fockers where I pretty much played a gangbanger and a drug dealer on every show you could possibly think of. I've made a living off of playing uh, hustlers and drug addicts and drug dealers uh, for the past decade. And I was uh, feeling a little bit disheartened and uh, wanted wanted something a little bit more. And that's that's when Evil Dead came into my lap. <laughs> that actually leads us right into our next question was, how did this opportunity arise? So, you know, uh, every January through March in L.A., uh, we've got pilot season where every actor, you know, is uh, <laughs> either crammed with a bunch of auditions or has no auditions at all. And luckily, I I've got a really great team behind me. My manager, uh, Stephanie Neese, has really just st stuck by me for so long and, and, and made sure that I had auditions and made sure that I had good auditions. And um 
She, um, you know, made sure I had the audition for Evil Dead. She saw the part. She knew that it would be right for me. She knew what I wanted um, as an artist, as an actor to play. And um, I, uh, I I got the script and I was super excited to, to audition. Um, I never thought that they would consider me. Um, I was actually really um, thinking I'd get this other role. Uh, it was like a John Lake Wazamo uh, show. And uh, anyway, I, I went in and I auditioned for the casting director and I saw every actor in L.A. that I see at every audition when I go to these auditions, every Latino actor. We all know each other and we all root for each other when one gets a chance because, you know, in this industry, it's, it's just a matter of time. You know, it's like it's kind of like willing, winning the lottery and kind of like gambling. But um, and if you put in your time, the world will speak to you and uh, you'll get what, what's yours. So. Um, anyway, I went in thinking that it wasn't going to be me, and uh, the next thing I knew, um, I was meeting Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and um, you know, auditioning for them. And I actually was so nervous uh, the day that I was uh, going to meet them. I went to the wrong address, and uh, I, I thought I went to the wrong address actually, but I was actually at the right address. And I left the the location and got in my car to go somewhere else. Realized I was at the right place. Turned back pretty much left the key in the ignition and, and ran back to the audition just to, to make sure I you know didn't want to be late for Sam Raimi. But, um, but it was all good. They were super chill and, and they understood. And I just had a little session with Bruce and Sam. And then I had to audition for the network and the network. And uh, right before my network test, Sam took me into a room and, and he said, uh, hey, um, you know, uh, are you ready to go to New Zealand and, and do this? You know, it's going to be long hours and it's going to be intense and there's going to be a lot of blood and this is something that you think you can handle. And I told them, man, Hey, I, I've got this, like, this is my dream. I, I want to do this. I want to run through the wilderness of New Zealand covered in blood, completely naked from dead eyes. I will <laughs> never let any of our fans down. And man, I tell you, I told him that. And, uh, Mr. Remy made, made it happen. Cause, um, you will see. I mean, you, as you have seen on season one, I'm always covered in blood, being chased by deadites, and I get naked this season. So, oh, um, <laughs> something to look forward to. All right, all right, you heard it here, folks. We got we got some we got some naked Ray in the next one. I was actually uh, yeah. uh, curious if you were actually were you a fan or familiar with the original movies going into this? Uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of horror when I was a kid. I was a fan of Evil Dead Two. Um, it was just, just happened to be the only one that I had seen. Uh, but then when I knew I was going to be working on it, I binge watched, uh, and, uh, you know, like as a kid, I really loved horror movies. I, I loved, you know, things like Nightmare on Elm Street where, you know, they had an element of camp and comedy, but still sort of was scary and, you know, had horror and gore. And I also loved like uh, Halloween cause it's just, you know, straight up scary. Um, but but I, as a kid, I wanted to be the guy who was being chased by, by the monster and, and saving the girl from the monster. And, you know, on Ash vs. Evil Dead, I really I have the most amazing opportunity because I get a chance to be the first Latino male sidekick to a horror genre uh, on television. We, we've never had that before. And so I'm one step closer to being the, the hero that I wanted to be when I was a kid. So, um it's it's um it's crazy that as a kid I I used to you know I loved things like Buffy and I was like I want to be a Slayer and I remember being a fanboy and so 
to go to these comic cons and and be part of this franchise and this world and this cult classic comedic horror legacy that you know Sam Raimi created. Um, it feels it feels pretty great, but it also it feels like really right. It feels like it makes sense, you know, just because. I, I know what uh, I know what the fans want and what the what fans need and clamor for, and I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at. So, you know, like Pablo, I uh, you know Pablo wants to stay alive in in this Evil Dead world. He wants to be a hero and save the world, and he wants to get the girl, and he'll literally die trying. And and I, I, I use that model as well. So now speaking of the character of Pablo. Um... Was there already an established personality uh, in Sam Raimi's mind as a writer uh, for what this character would be, or did you bring this character to the table and interpret this as, like, you and what you wanted to do? Well, you know, it's interesting, because Sam sort of uh, nursed us and and really laid the groundwork um, in the pilot episode, and then he was with us for about a month, and then he sort of set us free and oversees things, and and we just sort of do what we we do now. Um, but there were certain things that that I think that they saw when they saw me, which was uh, I guess a sense of vulnerability, and uh, um, you know there could have been a, a, a more sort of badass version of Pablo, a rougher version of Pablo. Um, but I think uh, because. I came in the way that I came in. Um, they sort of went in the direction of, of having him be a little bit more naive and wide eyed. And, uh, and then, you know, I sat in that room with Sam and he said, I can tell that you're a good guy and, and Pablo is a good guy and you are the heart of this unit. And if you stay true to that in every situation and remember that Pablo is the heart of this unit, uh, you will not be misguided. And so I ran with that. And, you know, Pablo is the, the eyes of the audience, so to speak, in season one. And, and he is the heart. And Kelly is the brains. And Ash is the muscle. And together, somehow, this motley crew of uh, dysfunctional human beings forms, uh, you know, the ultimate monster fighting squad. Absolutely. And uh, actually answered a little bit of my what was going to be my next question was how much of yourself you actually put in Pablo. But that kind of answers that. But you also mentioned it being uh, you being kind of a like a, a rougher, tougher version of Pablo. Um, speaking of rough and tough, like uh, we noticed there are a lot of stunts like going on in Evil Dead. I'm just curious if you uh, did any of your own stunts, how many of those you did, uh, if there were any risky situations that developed from any of the stunt work that was done on set. A lot of the stunts are uh, we do a lot of our stunts. And we also have stunt people. I've got this great, uh, um, I've got this great uh, stunt guy. His name is Luciano Nash, and uh, That's I believe a great he's name. Brazilian. And <laughs> Luciano Nash, he's like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I mean, I call him my sensei because he just um, he's always so positive, and he he really just enforces like you know a positive mindset and really explains every stunt to me by step in a way that I can understand. And that when people, other people try to explain to me, I don't get it. So I'm super thankful and I'm just giving him a shout out. But yeah, we do have lots of stunts. I spent about mm, at least four to five days this season, um, hogtied, um, suspended in the air. Um, 
And uh, let's see what else without giving away too much. Um, what would probably be the um, craziest stunt that we've ever done? Uh, I mean, you know, there's just so many things that happen. I can't really think of any right now. I mean, being hogtied was awesome. But we do a lot of um, a lot of fighting sequences and stuff like that, and um, and then they just throw in the stunt the stunt double whenever uh, whenever you know I can't really do it. But I'm always eager to try and do it myself. I must say because I, I really want to learn. So stunts are heavy on this show. Tone tone and stunts are uh, you know the uh, the bulk the meat 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 and potatoes of the show. I feel like you know you gotta you gotta have the stunts, which is the blood, and you gotta have the um, the jump in tone that we sort of, you know, have introduced to, to, to the world in television of having comedy and horror in 20 something minutes, you know? You just did a really great job of actually encapsulating everything that goes into the show and what it means to like us as viewers, as fans, um, as someone who's directly involved in the project, what would you say your biggest takeaway is from working on Ash vs. the Evil Dead? Um, I would say my biggest takeaway is to never save it for the second take uh, because I don't, because I, I learned that you just, we, we may not have time for it. And, um, um, you know, trust yourself because uh, like, um, you know, Ash is such a confident character. I think that that was part of the reason why um, when Sam chose Dana DeLorenzo, who plays Kelly, um, and I, uh, he, he was looking for qualities that were a sense of confidence that would bring something to the, the trifecta um, of, you know, us on camera in the franchise. And we each have something that, that, that we, we can stand on. You know, we have something that is ours. And that's why when people say, were you afraid of not of the, the franchise not embracing, the fans not embracing you, deep down in my, the pit of my stomach, I, I always had the answer of, I was, no, I was never afraid because the master himself chose us. So if we just sort of stuck to what he wanted and, and let, and, and, you know, did what he followed the path that he set for us, we would be okay. Um, and it's worked. And so um, I would say moving forward, I just try to make sure I do my job uh, and keep the fans happy because that's what this show is about, you know? Yeah, and and, uh, and I, you're talking about looking forward and, uh, and and giving the fans what they want. I know you, you pretty much said you don't want to give out any spoilers, although feel free to let them fly. But uh, uh, we're just curious, looking ahead to season two of Ash vs. Evil Dead, what can we as an audience expect? Maybe I will let them fly. Maybe do it, do it. I will <laughs> let them fly. Go nuts, man. Um, so, so basically, uh, you know, like I said, um, you know, Pablo wants three things in the world. He wants to stay alive. He wants to be a hero, and he wants to get the girl. Maybe this season, he might he might get one of those. Maybe one of those things will maybe one of those things will happen for him. Is all I can really say. <laughs> you gotta maybe watch. if you. You got to watch, and maybe when you listen back to this podcast uh, and you watch the show, you'll see that I already threw you a clue. Uh, maybe you'll be able to pay it. You'll you'll catch it once you watch the show. You'll be like, maybe that's what he was saying. But uh, there's definitely an homage to the craft. I think that that we sort of didn't in, that we did indirectly. We didn't realize we were sort of 
doing it, but but I sort of understood what was happening and 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 wanted to uh, to elaborate on it and talk to one of the directors and was like, oh, you know, I want to do this, and he was super cool about it. But you know, we'll we'll find Pablo in season two, still sort of dealing with the trauma of birthing demons from his uh, you know mouth. So you know, it's not every day you have a you know, birthing scene out of your mouth as a, as an actor in, in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, you know, you, you, you find him dealing with this in season two and he's just really sort of a, a bit darker. Um, you can sort of see that the naivete is, is, is fading and he's, um, he's struggling and, uh, you know, he might, he may or may not become the hero that he, he never thought he could possibly be you know, um, is, is what I would say for Pablo this season. And, um, you know, he's a fighter and he's a good guy, but he just, he just is going to be tortured the whole way. And that was the fun part because I think that they realized very quickly that the newbies were going to be the ones that were going to be, uh, harnessed and, you know, tortured the most. Um, and that's okay. You know, you got to pay your dues because Sam tortured Ash for many, many years in the <laughs> oh, first yeah. three, first three films. Uh, so we got to do what we got to do. And, um, and, and so, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's What else? What else can I tell you about this season? You know, we go back to Ash's hometown and we meet his dad and his high school sweetheart and his best friend. And we get a sense of, uh, who Ash is and how he's become who he is and what really happened to him that, sort of pushed him to be sort of isolated for, for all these years. Ashy Slashy. I'm going to tease you with that. Ooh, Ashy I Slashy. Like, I like that. Hatchet and Saw. Okay. <laughs> Man, uh, well, I mean, that, that gives us a lot of uh, just enough, like, information, but also tons of nuggets to, to make us extremely, well, we were already extremely excited about the, uh, the next season. We're really glad that Pablo's uh, back around to do some more of it and that uh, you get some more scenes uh, covered in sticky blood for probably the entire uh, sequence of it, I'm guessing. I haven't moved past him saying he's going to be naked this season. I'm completely <laughs> stuck on that. <laughs> a, of, a lot of our listeners might be too. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I think, you know, this is about the time of the show, and I think we've got just enough time to pop into uh, some of our uh, uh, random kind of 10 questions things that we wanted to ask you now that we've got a lot of the meat and potatoes of uh, who... Ray Santiago is and what's going on with Ash versus Evil Dead. I was hoping we could find out some random stuff about you if you don't mind hitting our 10 questions. Go for it. All right, All right. number one. Let's do, let's do this. All right. Who is your favorite Ghostbuster? Oh, God. I guess Ray? All right, nice, nice, very good. We we ask this of every uh, every guest we have because we actually want to compile sometime like what the votes are and stuff like that. Obviously, Bill Murray, Peter Venkman, they, he gets a lot of a uh, lot of votes, but I love I love the Ray vote. That's great. Um, off off the record, guys, is there yeah. a Ghostbuster named Ray, or did I make that up? <laughs> yeah, there is. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I thought there was, and I was like, I I remember somebody named Ray. Um, I don't remember the Ghostbusters, dude. Oh, wow. Like, okay. It's crazy. That's crazy. I I don't rem I remember watching the Ghostbusters as a kid. I remember, um, and you can totally use all of this. I don't care. But I remember watching Ghostbusters as a kid. But it's so weird that I don't remember the film. Um, and there's certain things I guess like I I just blacked out of my mind from childhood or whatever. But 
but uh, it, it happens all the time. I have friends who tell me stories all the time that are like, remember that time when we were in New York? And I'm like, I don't, I don't remember that. So it's so funny that I've, I've only lived uh, 32 years and I, and I don't remember certain things, but okay, next question. Yeah, that's, that's fine, man. I, I, I mean, we're right around the, the same age and I don't remember half my life either. Uh, and there's no reason for it. No like fun party reasons. I just don't. Uh, so anyway, number two, uh, are you a cat person, dog person, or a lizard person? I am a dog person. If you want to kill me, you can put me in a room with a cat. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh wow. I, I, Literally. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm allergic to cats. I'm allergic to dogs, but uh, I kind of, I kind of get around it, and I love dogs. Lizards. Uh, I gotta say, lizards freak me out. Fair okay. enough. Even though there is, have you ever had to interact with uh, Bruce Campbell's lizard on set? That's why I, I popped the lizard in there is because there's the, the, the awesome lizard so, he, as a character in, in Evil Dead. The, the lizard has a handler. The lizard, <laughs> is in his, the lizard is in his box. The lizard uh, like comes around every now and then, but there's a fake lizard in the box. I'll give you that much. Okay. Like when we're, yeah. Unless there's a cutaway to the lizard, it's a fake lizard in the box. Oh, okay. Oh, nice to know. Hollywood secrets. Yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. Hollywood secrets. Here we go. The dirt. All right. Number three. What was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? Um, I love Halloween. Probably. Let's go with Mighty Mouse. I've, I've had like epic Halloween costumes uh, from like Mighty Mouse to Obama to well, I had a buzzed head. It was awesome. I won a, a, I won like five hundred dollars. Um, let's see. So Obama, Prince, Frida Kahlo. Um, oh, please tell yeah, please that, tell that me there's photographic years. evidence of this online somewhere. There is photographic evidence of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it. You can find it. All right, uh, Jerry, get number four. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you could choose any actor or director, living or dead, to work with, who would that be? Uh, I would want to work with... I guess... Oh, for director, it would be... Uh, give me one second. It's coming to me. I know um, Darren Aronofsky. Ooh, uh, I would one. love to work with Darren Aronofsky, actor. Um, you know, it, it's weird. I, I, I would really love to work with um, Robert De Niro <laughs> again. I was gonna yeah. say again. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you did, man. <laughs> I say, I say again. Greedy. It's so, it's crazy, dude. Like as a kid. You know, I was 19 years old when I did Meet the Fokker, so I I crossed off a bunch of, like, crazy, like, A-list actors when I was, like, 19, and I think about it, and I was so not nervous at all working with them, but now, if you put me in a room with them, I think I'd freak out. <laughs> I, I think, like, I think it's because, you know, when you're so young, you have nothing to lose, but when you're an adult, you're so in your head, so... For me, I'd love to like revisit that once more and see what it would be like the second time around and see if I would be as comfortable, uncomfortable, learn as much as I did or uh, you know, not be phased at it at all. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, let's see, number five. Uh, Trump this past year showed a picture of a Trump supporter bloodied at a rally by a Democrat. And this picture actually turned out to be your co-star, Samara Weaving, doing a makeup test for Ash vs. Evil Dead. If you could say one thing to Trump right now, what would it be? Oh. And you, this is a not safe for work podcast. You, <laughs> yeah, you can, can you can say whatever you want. <laughs> this is this is a what? Not safe for work. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say, uh, I would say um, you're fired. Ooh, oh, nice. good. Yeah, just put a ray, spit a ray back in his face. Uh, <laughs> there right. you go. Yeah, perfect, man. Uh, nice and succinct. Um, uh, just like he ends all of his uh, tweets, which are already succinct. Uh, what's the strangest or most exciting onset experience you have ever had? The strangest or most exciting. Or maybe they're, um, maybe they're both this one and the same. I don't know. The strangest was definitely when I had to uh, birth those demons out of my mouth, and they handed me these silicone. Um, I don't even know what to call them. They were just pieces of demon bo- baby body coming out of my mouth, and I had to shove them in my mouth and spit them out, and I had to puke up, uh, you know, black, you know, just, just, just puke up. And I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, um, for the season finale last season, I, uh, had that mask on my face. The Necronomicon possessed me. By the way, you haven't seen the last of Bookface, is what I'll say. Ooh, the okay, Bookface, oh. uh, you know, I think, uh, I think, um, you know, the, the Necronomicon and I have an undeniable connection uh, from this point on, and uh, things are going to get very interesting. But, um, yeah, I will say that uh, having that thing glued to my face, um, you know, puking black goo and shoving silicone, you know, things in my mouth and spitting them out probably <laughs> was the uh, weirdest a... moment on set. That's when... I would say that the... That's, yeah, that's when, that that's when, yeah, that, that's when Sam Raimi like comes forward and like, hey, remember when I asked you if you were really ready for this? This is what I meant, kid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He said, uh, he says, uh, hey pal, I've been watching the dailies and you, uh, you've been doing a really good job. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <Nice>. cool. <laughs> um, so Nailed it. All right. I would also say that the probably the most there's two moments where I got really excited or I thought were really cool. One was you know at the end of the pilot right when I ask uh, Ash, you know, how does it feel to be back, Jefe? And he says, groovy. And there's a crane shot of the three of us standing there. It's the end of the pilot. Kelly and Pablo are looking at him in awe of the hero that they've found. And Dana and I immediately looked at each other after that scene and after that take, and we knew that we had entered a different world, that our lives were definitely going to change, and that we had now been sort of grandfathered into this amazing franchise. And uh, it feels really good. It feels really, really good to have a home on a television show uh, uh, that after 10 years of working really hard in, in L.A. and, you know, more years just in general. But uh, in the home that we have at Stars is, is amazing because they've opened their doors to us. Uh, they, they didn't have to make the show so ethically diverse the way that they have. They didn't have to allow us to 
to, to do the things that we do on the show uh, with, you know, no censorship and uh, as much blood as we want. Um, but they, they want to let the masters at work do what they do best. So they stay out of the way and they've given us an amazing home. And I'm just happy to be on a network that is growing and that is putting out such cool content. So hashtag stars, by the way, uh, if you don't have your DVD or Blu-ray copy of Ash versus evil dead, it came out this week. So there's some pretty great bonus features on there and interviews and deleted scenes. So to all you diehard fans out there, I would definitely recommend getting it because, um, the uh, the case itself is pretty badass. Oh yeah, I, I'm yeah. absolutely picking up mine soon. Yeah, Glad you reminded I'm me. Thank you very really much. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, when we were doing some research for this, uh, you know, we I, I saw that that was like fresh off the off the presses. So really looking forward to that. And I also want to just as a little aside also say that uh, Scott and I are are both really diehard cult fans of the original Evil Dead franchise series. Like I I mean uh, of, of movies and and I had been watching them as a kid and we immediately uh, adopted you and Dana into the Evil Dead family the second we saw you. So oh, uh, absolutely. kudos as, as entering the cult family for sure. So Thank you so much. I'm glad that I have your approval. It, <laughs> it means a lot. And no, no, it really does mean a lot. And, you know, we go to these conventions and we meet uh, so many of our fans and so many of them come up to me and say, your character is my favorite. I relate to your character so much. Uh, and, and it's just interesting. And, and I'm happy to, to be doing that because a positive portrayal of a you know Latino character on television that is inspiring or motivating um, you know anybody who's watching that's you know sort of an amazing you know gift that comes with my job. I mean, our show is what it is. It's called classic comedic horror. It's not a drama where you know it's not it's we're not we're not saving lives here. But but if we can save a life, if we can inspire somebody through what we do, then then so be it. You know. Well, and you you talked about that earlier. Like you're not just like getting stereotyped as a gangbanger. You know, once again, you get to play this like positive, fresh role that you actually bring yourself into and actually get to to step away from that, and it's great. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really cool. And um, I will say, um, I'll also say that my, there was another moment on set that was pretty cool this year. You know, we had a very heavy stunt heavy season, and I said to Bruce. By the way, is an amazing leader and has welcomed um, Dana and I in, in, into this world uh, with uh, with open arms. Um, and uh, he he just takes really good care of us. I mean, he chartered a boat when we were in New Zealand this past Easter, had it catered and you know full bar, and we just went to the middle of the water and swam to. I don't even know where we were. We swam to some little island or something and. Uh, and then we we hung out there, swam back to the boat, chilled in the boat, and uh, that was just a typical you know Saturday in in New Zealand. So we really do um, love being in New Zealand. It is a it is a character as well on the show. I think it's really funny that we have these locations and we we shoot them for 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 uh, for America. Uh, and uh, yeah, but but it works because it's such a comic book style show that it really doesn't matter um but uh but yeah we we've had a great time and 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 uh like i was saying we've got a lot of stunts this season and i said to him you know i just i feel like i feel like they, they just call me in and they say bring in the monkey and and i come in and i jump through flaming hoops and i do whatever we do and he said well how do you think i feel and i was like yeah yeah you know i never thought about that and i was going to go do uh going to go do a stunt uh scene and he was you know 
coming out of the makeup trailer after I'd finished, and I said, okay, yeah, you know, I was passing by him, and he said, uh, hey, how'd it go, Bubbles? And uh, <laughs> it was just kind of like, uh, oh, okay, I'm, uh, I'm Michael Jackson's monkey. Um, <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just to have Bruce Campbell call me Bubbles was uh, pretty, pretty amazing. You know, anyway. You, you know you um, made it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Going to number seven. All right, Scott. Oh, yeah. We have questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we've we, we only got four more. We're going to zip right through them here. We got all right. It. Yeah, it's go. all good. Yeah, all right. Number seven. Uh, out of all the movie monsters ever made, which one is your favorite? Out of all the movie monsters. And we're talking uh, all TV, all cinema. Any monster you can think of from the movies, man. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know. I feel like Chucky was pretty great. I think. I mean, is he a monster? I think. He's oh, a monster. yeah, absolutely, yes. he's a monster. Man, he's a he's a deep like a he's a he's a little in half. he's a little fucking monster. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, um, he's legit. Um, I also thought the monster in Stranger Things were uh, was pretty. Was it is it Strange Things or Stranger Things? Stranger Things, right? Yeah. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. Actually I thought really the monster funny. in Stranger Things was uh, was pretty amazing. That's actually really funny. Uh, Mark Steger, who plays the monster in Stranger Things, is actually going to be on our show uh, in two weeks. Awesome. Will you tell him that uh, I love the show and um, I thought it was pretty cool that they had an Evil Dead poster in one yes. of the episodes. Yes, <laughs> I thought so too. It, it, this this is like such cross pollination serendipity, and also like two of our like favorite things. Like it's it's so awesome to go from Evil Dead to that. But yeah, absolutely, we will. And it's just it's interesting that you bring that up. We didn't even plant that. That's great. Um, I know, no, it's great because <laughs> I, I I binge watched that show. Just Me like too. <laughs> kicking it one night and then like woke up the next morning, finished it, and was like, oh wow, that was awesome. So. Yeah, big. I love I love watching you know I love watching all sorts of TV. That's that's what I did on my spare time in New Zealand when I wasn't shooting, just catching up on Netflix and stuff. And I always had a horror movie playing in the background just to sort of keep me uh, keep me going. Good nice. man, you're right up our alley. And actually, uh, as as a fan of uh, of movies and TV, maybe you've heard of a of a movie called uh, the the Star Wars. And uh, if you were a Jedi, what color lightsaber would you have? Even design it. What would it look like? You could even like tell it go crazy with it. Um, it would be like the like a like the shape of a mustache, and it would be yes. like a white mustache. That's so great! Like a glowing <laughs> white mustache. <laughs> oh, that is so perfect. <laughs> All right, uh, question number nine. Uh, what is your favorite 2 a.m. food, as in, like, middle-of-the-night food? Oh, crap. Uh, it would have to be um, a pepperoni pizza from Garage Pizza in Silver Lake. Uh, and if not that, there was a while where it used to be, like, McDonald's fries, but... Man, I can't tell you when was the last time I had some McDonald's fries. So I'd have to go with a pepperoni pizza from Garage 
Pizza in Silver Lake. All right. We might actually get a sponsorship out of a garage pizza from Silver Lake out of this. From that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually realized, too, that 2 a.m. food for you uh, while you are actually working on uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, from what I understand, you were getting up at like 4.30 in the morning. So that's probably actually not necessarily always there. But when you do eat 2 a.m. food, it is yeah, pepperoni yeah, pizza. Yeah, no, there was definitely – they definitely had uh, 2 a.m. food there when, you know, it was the weekend. But – yeah, no, man. I was an old man. I went to bed at like eight or eight thirty because I would wake up so early to shoot that it felt so good to finally step off a plane, have a schedule, and you know live the life that you always knew you basically could 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 live, um, and to have to just sort of be accountable and show up to work. You know, I, that's why I love this job and it's fun. So, I mean, I spent three hours in makeup uh every day for some of the stuff that we did this season so the fans are definitely gonna gonna love that i uh, really appreciate all the uh like extra attention you've given us with some of the like teasers and stuff for the next season and uh i know you've already given us you know some spoilers and some little mysteries and some nuggets to look for but now we're gonna ask number 10 which is always a five or ten words or less question and uh i'm curious in five words or less how would you describe this season two of ash versus evil dead uh i would say I would say as season two of Ash versus Evil Dead is uh, bloody family fun. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. Bloody family fun, folks. You heard it here first. Um, we want to uh, say thanks again, Ray, for being on and talking uh, all that random stuff we just talked about. And also, of course, talking Ash versus Evil Dead and uh, about just getting to know you and, and who, who you are. So we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us at Lost at Home and uh, just really looking forward to season two. No problem. Thank you guys so much. Ash vs. Evil Dead is on uh, Stars October 2nd, season two. Make sure you check it out, guys. Absolutely. And uh, if you can, uh, just uh, follow me and the show. I'm at Real Ray Santiago on Twitter and Instagram. Sounds good. Absolutely. We'll, do. we'll post that on our show notes as well so everybody knows how to catch you and keep an eye out for that. Thanks again, Ray. Take it easy. Later, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks again, Mr. Ray Santiago, for being on the show. I uh, can't say enough how awesome it was having Ray on to talk about Ash vs. Evil Dead as huge fans of Ash vs. Evil Dead and just Evil Dead, the franchise in general. Very excited to have that happen. It's been in the works for quite some time, and it was hard keeping it under wraps, but we managed to, and we managed to get Ray on, and he was a delight, and... I guess that just about wraps it up for a Loss of Home podcast this week. Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to episode 130. And come back for more. And in the meantime, check out the website, lossathomepodcast.com, where you can go to our store and buy some nifty, fun stuff and hear more interviews like Ray's. And also click on that The Bam Box link on our site and check those out and grab a Bam Box and we get a few bucks popping our way to continue bringing you guests like Ray. And of course, next time in a couple of weeks, you will hear from Mark Steger, as we've noted, uh, from the movie, uh, sorry, from the TV series Stranger Things on Netflix. And also check us out at The Loss at Home on Twitter. And I think that just about does it. So going to leave you with something don't know what it is yet but it's going to be something enjoy in the year 25 25
if man is still alive if woman can survive they may find in the year 3535 ain't gonna need to tell the truth tell no lies everything you think do and say is in the bill you took today in the Nobody's gonna look at you In the year 55-55 Your arms are hanging limp at your side Your legs got nothing to do Some machine doing that for you In the year 65-65 Ain't gonna need no husband, won't need no wife You pick your son Pick your daughter too From the bottom of a long glass tube Whoa, whoa In the year 75-10 If God's a-coming, he ought to make it by then Maybe he'll look around himself and say Guess it's time for the judgment day in the year 85-10, God is gonna shake his mighty head. He'll either say I'm pleased where man has been, or tear it down and start again. Oh, oh. In the year 95-95, I'm kinda wondering if man is gonna be alive. He's taking everything this old earth can. Bye, baby. 